0: Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks, and we have a special episode this week. So I'm not going to do the whole intro uh, because this is a post-wedding special, and my new wife, Yana Farron, is joining me, and we are going to talk about a whole bunch of things surrounding transition, uh, specifically transitions in relationships, because one of the biggest challenges that relationships often face is transitions. Transitions like moving in together, getting married, getting engaged, all these types of things that can bring up lots of questions and conflict in relationships. So uh, we share some of our personal experiences coupled with uh, some of the normal challenges that couples face. Uh, One of the things that we talk about is taking last names. We talk about dealing with transition of getting married and how to deal with families uh, and so this is a this is a jam packed little episode, and this is part one. So we're gonna have another part uh, the week after. That'll be a part two, where we'll cover a, a bunch of different topics. Um, but uh, this is part one. And just in case you haven't already done so, Vienna and I have. Uh, released and are going to be leading a seven-day relationship reset challenge. Now, this is for you whether you are in a relationship, whether you're single, whether you aren't sure <laughs> what your relationship status is, whether you're married. Um, this this uh, seven-day challenge is for you. So head on over to the Man Talks website and you'll see a pop-up where you can sign up or you can go to Uh, the Mantalks Instagram profile, and it will be in the uh, link in the bio. And it's going to be a great, great seven days. We're going to release a video every day, uh, provide you with a worksheet for every day. And it's really meant to walk you through some of the foundational pillars that we've found people uh, can benefit from when it comes to navigating relationships. So definitely go check that out and join us. We have over 5,000 people already signed up. Uh, which is really incredible. And we are so thankful if you are one of those 5,000 people. Uh, and feel free to share it. We would love to have as many people as possible in this challenge because who doesn't need a little bit more love in their life? Uh, so without any further delay, please welcome my new wife, Vienna Theron.
1: Hi. How are you doing? I'm good.
0: you ready to just jam and talk?
1: Let's just jam and talk as we do.
0: Great. So I wanted to have you back on the show because I think a few people were inquiring minds have asked us many questions, um, but we seem to get asked a lot of questions about transition. Mm. And I noticed that a lot of people struggle with transition. And so since we have just gone through arguably... One of the biggest transitions uh, and started to talk about another phase of transitions, (laughs) babies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it'd be good for us to talk about some transition today. So first off, we got married. How's it going, wife? We did it, husband. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) we did the thing. We did the thing. How are you feeling about that thing?
1: I feel really good about that thing. Yeah.
0: So getting married and uh, interestingly enough, for those who don't know, um, joining me is Vienna Farron. Uh, at Mindful MFT on Instagram, but we uh, just got married ten days ago, nine days ago, is nine days ago. And interestingly enough, right before we got married, like a week and a half or two weeks, you spoke at an event that was basically all about why get married. Mm-hmm. And it was such an interesting thing as a marriage and family therapist. Like your <laughs> your whole job is about relationships and marriage and families, dealing dealing with families. But like, do we even need to have a conversation about why people should still get married today? maybe, Maybe let me start here. Why do some people not believe in the institution of marriage anymore?
1: Well, parts of the institution of marriage are pretty dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. and unhealthy. And I think it can blur and confuse the line around why we ought to do it in the first place. And we think about, you know, some people can, some people can't, Uh, you're going to get a tax break because, you know, some things that just seem so odd, and maybe don't align for many of us. And it kind of is a rebellion against the system, or it can be a rebellion against the system. And so I get it, you know. I get why. And part of that conversation was like, you know, are there is there something that's that's really that different that um, from being married than uh, from being in a like truly in a long term committed relationship? And you know, sort of from the outside, I think the the commitment can be pretty similar. Uh, the the challenges uh, that couples go through can be pretty similar. How to you know how people move through those challenges can be really similar. And so, yeah, from the outside looking in, I think it can look uh, a lot, a lot in the same. Um, Having been through the experience uh, nine days in, uh, total expert here. uh, (laughs) It's one of those things that I've had a hard time articulating. I think we both have spoken about there being some type of shift. And before getting married, conceptually, I thought... Well, there's, there's sort of this container around our relationship. And so when we make this commitment in front of the people who mean the most to us, and the people who are going to support us throughout our lives, and, um, you know, we might collect a few more along the way, but uh, there, there was, there was a shift for me. Yeah. I, it, I don't know about for you if there's been a way for you to put words to it, but um, for me, it's a little bit more of a feeling um, and an experience that sort of binds and holds the relationship and is an accountability um, factor that uh, is a bit of a backstop for, yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I think you just said a lot there about not just what blocks people from, from marriage. I think one of the interesting things is, you know, I mean, to be perfectly transparent, I I think for a long time, I never thought that I would get married. Hmm. I think for a long time, like many guys, depending on the situation, and I can only speak as a man, so I'm not going to speak for a man, but I can speak as a man. You know, when I was singing, I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't making a lot of money. And so the idea of providing for a family seemed very challenging. The idea of uh, getting married and buying a house, like all of those things sort of seemed out of reach. And I've noticed that a lot of men, depending on their on their stability, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, whether it's mentally, their stability, their foundation, if that's not there, they can often struggle to feel ready for a commitment like that. And so it, it's oftentimes what I've noticed, not even necessarily that, people don't want to enter into marriage it's that they feel like the prerequisites that society has sort of told us right cuz there's a there's a natural pecking order right it's like you get married you buy a home you have kids or it's some iteration of mm-hmm. that right And so I think a lot of guys, especially and I'm curious to know what this is like for women, but a lot of guys, especially sort of feel this pressure, depending on the religious upbringing that they grew up in or the the traditional family values that were instilled into them. They can feel this pressure of like, okay, if and when I get married, these things are immediately going to follow after. And so I better be ready for all of this. And it can seem like a, a large amount of pressure. So I see a lot of guys grappling with that. What do you see? Uh, women grappling with when it comes to entering into marriage?
1: Women. And again, just speaking as a woman and not necessarily for all women, like you said, but I would say at least with many of the clients that I see, you know, age is something that comes up in conversation all the time. And, you know, part of the, you know, there's a, there's a story around at what age we ought to be married at what age we ought to be, having children, et cetera. And, you know, obviously with children, there's a little bit more of a pressure around that because of the biological clock. Um, if you are in a privileged position, there are people who are able to, you know, freeze their eggs. And it's a lot of what, you know, many of my clients have been, have been doing recently. Um, and I've been seeing that, you know, I've been seeing that around quite a bit. Um, but I think in terms of the, the constraints or the challenges is that, there's always this there there can feel there can be this rush towards an outcome which is interesting because when i hear you saying you know sort of men or you through your experience feeling this pressure to pump the brake to have things set up so perfectly and to have a system around it in such a way that makes it so that you can win and you can succeed and you can be a success as a partner as a husband, as a, as a, as a father, et cetera. Um, you know, there's a lot of pumping the brake while sometimes we might be pressing the gas. And so, you know, I think obviously there have been shifts around it. Women um, are tending to put career and education um, and kind of like self-sustainability at the forefront, right? So we're seeing people partner a little bit later, um, have children a little bit later. Um, and so some of the priorities are shifting, but I would still say that, the majority can still feel that sense of pressure around time. We won't get into a conversation about what time is. <laughs>
0: what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What time
1: uh, you is. definitely know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. But I, you know, I think in, in terms of um, like how, how those pieces can feel like they're journeying in different directions sometimes, you know, that, That I think is where conflict can be because a lot of times it's like you don't need to be perfect. Things don't need to be exactly in order for us to do this. And I think that that becomes a narrative that so many people will say. And I think maybe a little bit of what I'm hearing from you is that you know, in your experience, or at least with many of the men that you work with, right, it's feeling like there needs to be a sense of order and a system in place that feels like it's a well-oiled machine yeah. that is going to allow for all of the parts to operate um, successfully. And we we often don't need it to be that perfect.
0: Well, I think that that's, I mean, it's interesting because I think that the challenge and the internal yeah, the, the sort of internal pressure that we put on ourselves as men is that we sort of need to be in this really dialed in place. And I think a lot of it comes from a sense of providing. You know, I, I do think that regardless of how much culture has shifted in, you know, more liberal cities, like I think a lot of men, when they really come down to brass tacks, we really still feel a desire and oftentimes a deep sense of purpose in being able to provide, mm-hmm. right? And I think that a lot of men are looking for that capacity, that ability. We take pride in it, and so I, I, you know, for a lot of the men that that come and work with me in one-on-one or in you know the the men's weekends and whatnot, they're often there because some, you know, sometimes there's this reoccurring message of. I want to get, I want to take my relationship further into this more committed space, but I can't seem to get past this hump. You know, like I love the person I'm with and they want to get engaged or they want to get married and I can't seem to get there. Not because there's anything wrong with the relationship, but I feel this big resistance. And usually when we dig into it, there is this sense of I don't have the story behind it is I don't have my life together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I don't have my life together, how the hell am I supposed to take care of you? Mm. Or how the hell am I supposed to take care of a family? Mm. Now, I think a lot of the social dynamics of couples are starting to change where that pressure isn't just solely on the man anymore. I think something like 42% of households, um, the 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 woman of the household is now the not the sole uh, income earner, mm. but... The woman of the household earns more than the man. Mm -hmm. 42% of households. For heterosexual relationships. Yeah, for heterosexual relationships. But it's interesting because that dynamic is changing radically very quickly, Mm -hmm. but we still have the same sort of internal feelings of resistance. And I do think that that dance shows up in couples often where one will want to advance the relationship you know, not rapidly, but take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And the other ones trying to slow things down. How do you feel like we did a good job navigating that push pull, you know, gas break situation?
1: I mean, I think it does take a lot of honesty. I think that there's a um there can be a little bit of a trap to abandon the things that are actually important to you in an effort to get an outcome that you say you want, right? And so it can be really easy to say, oh, you know, making money, for example, doesn't matter. Like, let's just, let's just do it. Are you not being fully grounded is okay. You know, like we'll figure it out. Or yeah, if you don't want to have a child now, like, you know, we can keep this conversation going for you know years and years and maybe it'll change. And I think it's very important to get super honest with what it is that you are actually needing and craving and desiring in a relationship and not bypass it or circumvent it in any way. And I think, that, you know, I think you and I went back and forth in that space a little bit. Um, you know, what do I actually want? Like, is it, is this okay or is this not okay? And, you know, you did a really great job of sort of drawing out of me, uh, of so my, like my, my true honesty around what I thought I needed, mm. um, so that we could challenge it and see, what was real there, or what I was might have been clinging to versus what i could could let go of yeah, so I think you know for for people who are listening in, I think it's really important not to try to write a story that deviates from what your actual experience is. With the understanding and knowledge that your, what your experience is may still need to be challenged and it still may be rooted in something that is dysfunctional, but that you still need to voice it and say it. You know, we try to do it in a way that is compassionate and kind. Um, but sometimes being really direct about things is going to create a little bit of friction. And I think our honesty was, was sometimes friction. Um, <laughs> And it also led us to conversations and and expectations and agreements to just be like, yeah, this is how I feel. And this is what I want. And this is what I need from you. And I won't feel great about moving forward with certain things if these things aren't in place.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like part of what you're saying is that people each individually within a relationship need to be very clear on what it is that they want and the place in their life that they are so what i mean by that is some people know that they're not ready quote unquote that they're not ready for marriage that they're not ready for the next sort of step of a level of commitment for whatever reason whether they are going through a big transition in life what i've noticed for a lot of men and women is that when they're going through a, an identity shift of some kind or a career change of some kind um that in those spaces, they generally aren't looking for a lot of commitment in the relationship. You know, they're not looking to sort of settle down with someone or conversely, they're trying to desperately find that (laughs) to like grab onto some hold of um, stability in their life. So in terms of like how you felt, we navigated that translating that into some of the tangible or tactical things that, that you think that not all couples, but most couples need to talk about in order to transition from, you know, a committed relationship into, you know, engagement or marriage at some point, what are some of those things? Like what, what are some of the things that people should be talking about when it comes to deepening the commitment level? Cause that seems to be a very tumultuous thing.
1: Well, it's, it's a co processing of belief systems around finances, religion, children, in-laws, where you're going to live, where you want to be, you know, your relationship to work. Mm. I mean, the list can, can go on and on, but I think, you know, we have to explore what those beliefs are and what it is that we're holding. And you know, obviously all of those topics would be any topics that you would talk about in therapy or do any type of like premarital work. Those things are going to come up, um, intimacy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and so it becomes our responsibility to say, you know, this is the story that I have about it now, but I'm willing to check it with you, right? Like, why do I think you have to make a certain amount of money? Where does that come from? Right? Is there a limiting belief around that? Um, Am I afraid because I saw um, a divorce and I saw a parent go without anything and I coded that as something that was weak or unsafe or didn't create enough, yeah, like didn't create enough safety around life. And so, Mm. you know, Do I, do I need you to make a certain amount? Do I need to make a certain amount? Um, How does that play into the story that I tell myself about my worth? Um, And is that story a good story? You know, is that a, is that a healthy story? Am I clinging to something from a fear-based place or am I deeply rooted in something that is healthy and grounded? I do or don't want to have children. I do or don't want to change my last name. You know, like there is a lot that comes up and it can be very emotional and it can trigger a lot of things and it can activate a lot in our internal system. But when we have a framework of communication and a framework around healthy conflict, then it does create a space to say, here are the things that I think I need. Challenge me. What do you think about these things? How does what I'm saying affect you and impact you? Does it create insecurity or out or does it create security and safety, right? If I tell you, I need you to make X amount of dollars, what's the activation that happens in your internal system, mm. right? Do you expand or do you recoil? Right. And then how do you bring that forward so that you and I can talk about this in a way that gives us a path forward?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's so powerful. I mean, you touched on some huge topics there, right? And it, it's, it's, some of this is challenging because I feel like we could spend a podcast episode just talking about the impacts and the ramifications of religion mm-hmm. and religious beliefs on sex and intimacy within a relationship dynamic, the timeframes at which people think that they should get married, mm-hmm. the expectations of what their family system looks like based on you know those, those values that are sort of passed down. And it can be so challenging when you have two people from different religious backgrounds even if they don't practice those religions anymore, even if they're not a part of those religions anymore, because those values were so present during their formative years, it can have a huge impact. Sure.
1: I mean, religion, culture, tradition, all of that can get very wrapped up in in, and can create um, conflict and dysfunction within a new system. Even like you said, even if it's not something that you are practicing, right? It can... Um, generate a new emotion. Um, if you have children, for example, you know, the amount of couples that I've worked with who would say, Oh, you know, we're not, we, we don't practice any religion. We grew up a certain way, whether it's a shared one or um, a different religion. But then, you know, children come along and expectations around maybe not religion specifically, but expectations around tradition. Mm. Well, I still want to have a Christmas tree. Well, no, I don't want to have a Christmas tree in the home. Or you know, and, and these are real conversations. Yeah, those, are real, like,
0: those are the real arguments.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, these, it's a lot of things that get brought to the table that need to be talked through. And we start to see a lot of the emotional ties to these things and what gets sort of ruptured within. Um, and if we don't have a good framework to talk through these things, uh, then it's generally going to journey two people away from each other.
0: Mm. What do you feel about yourself that came forward in this process of getting married? Because I I think, you know, without needing to go like so deep into your background and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but just in the sense of the idea like going through the journey of getting married and the planning and, you know, starting to ask a lot of these questions about what our life would look like after marriage Mm -hmm. and uh, last names and babies and Mm -hmm. locations and financial situations like what for you was some of the most healing components of going through this process or confronting whichever one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it Parts of it were really peaceful. There were parts where sort of surrendering and realizing that a lot of the um, external things don't don't matter. Can um, you can
0: you define what do you mean external things? I
1: mean, uh, just uh, even though I love details,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> which came out, which yeah, came out yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was
1: beautiful. Um, I think it was sort of a it's perfect no matter what because it's you, and it none of the rest of it. What
0: I was gonna say, you can just say that part again. You can just, <laughs> You're like just
1: pause <laughs> after just, that. Yeah, you can just yeah. Um, but but truly, right? It was like it it all it all did come out perfectly. Yeah. Um, thank you, Aaron Kincaid. You're the best. Yeah. Uh, but I. I think that there was a, a total experience of sort of the letting go, of needing to cling to anything else, right? It like didn't matter what things had to shift, what things had to pivot. It was always okay, um, which was a really beautiful experience and very peaceful and sort of just the surrender to, yeah, like none of the things that I maybe thought would have mattered at one point um, do uh, because I get to walk this life with you. Now, what was super confronting for me was the conversations around um, my name. Mm. And, you know, I, it was super emotional for me. And, you know, like this, this identity piece, uh, being Vienna Farren for my entire life and having all of my experiences under that name. And it's me. You know, my name is just as important to me as your name is important to you, and you know, it the, those those conversations were hard. Hey, yeah. like you I know, think
0: there's a there's a lot, and I, I feel like it's such a common issue for modern couples. You yeah. know, is like you know, does especially in heterosexual relationships, it's like does a woman take the last name of the man? Like you know, if they're not practicing a certain religion, like why totally. would they do that? And uh, you know, I think that it's such a huge conversation mm-hmm. that. I mean, I think we, we spent a good amount of time. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> talking time about
0: that. and tears and yeah. anger. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, it, Totally. And I, I don't know that I realized how important it was. And, you know, Connor, you would talk about sort of like the sacrifice and many of the sacrifices that you had made that you have made for the relationship. Um, And, you know, I haven't. I haven't really matched those sacrifices in in sort of like tangible uh, ways necessarily. And I think a lot of my sacrifice comes a little bit more in the future, which is so hard to um, integrate and quantify, right? Because it's like, I promise it's coming. (laughs) Um, And I love my name. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think we threw out so much i threw out connor taking my last name um i we threw out us merging our last names and creating a new name
0: which like we 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 literally tried like we tried so (laughs) many iterations uh, just just as like an exercise of going through it and just saying like okay if we were to sort of buck the trend because i think for us it's like how do we do what's authentically us yeah you know, not tradition, not what someone has told us needs to be done, but how do we do what's authentically us and create that own pathway? And I think that that was, but some of the iterations were hilarious, like the <laughs> the
1: fair beatens, the
0: fair beatins, the fair beats, the fair beats. I kind of like that one.
1: I, I mean, we still could do it. We could still do the uh, fair beats. I if feel you like. can all email in with your uh, <laughs> with your
0: uh, choice choice, how, how would you combine Farron and beaten in a way that uh-huh. is? Comprehensive and catchy, and, and yeah, cool and cool. <laughs> you know, it's gotta, um, it's gotta be cool.
1: We talked about if we do have children, that their middle name would be Farren. Um, you know, we we talked about so much, but I think for me, it was feel like having this experience where my identity didn't matter as much as yours.
0: Mm.
1: And that do you feel
0: like a lot of women feel like, that? I mean,
1: I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speak to that. But I think sometimes it's sort of this idea that, like, we don't even question it, right? It becomes like, well, this is just what you do. And now I think that more people are questioning it. Um, You know, we're not just, sort of, Dad is not handing, you know, daughter off to husband because she's now going to be fully taken care. Of. You know, like yeah. it's very it's very different. And I have to imagine um, I've certainly had conversations with friends of mine. And um I would say that it, c- it can be a really confronting experience. And but whether it's specifically this this experience of, you know, my identity not mattering as much as yours. And I remember saying to you, you know, many times over, you know. Uh, my name is equally as as important as yours mm-hmm. and what my name represents and the stories that it holds you know like that is meaningful and important to me and it feels confusing to my system to think that I'm just gonna go by a different name now
0: yeah
1: um well I, think, I
0: think for me it was is it was- I found myself getting like really in the space of, I was very confronted at first. Oh, I was yeah. like, why would you not want to take my last name?" You know, it's like, <laughs> super
1: it was reactive. Very, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: not so grounded in the, not in the first so place. Grounded. But, it, but it was such uh-huh. an interesting conversation because I think, again, having been someone that, you know, didn't necessarily think that I would always get married. Then when the marriage <clears throat> did come up and I knew that you were my person and I was like, okay, this is, this is the thing. I guess I sort of just fell into adopting and taking on expectations, you know, of what happens when two people get married. And I think one of the things that we've always done well, um, I'm patting our relationship on the back right now. (laughs) But I think one of the things that we've always done well is you and I always approach our relationship from a space of, of equalness, mm-hmm. not equality, because I think that that word has so much crap laced up in it politically, correctly, whatever. But in a space of equalness of if I do truly see you as my equal, mm-hmm. then how do we approach this decision, this choice from a space of your opinion, your worth, your value, your insight carries as much weight as mine
1: yeah i mean i think the extension of that is my experience is just as important as your experience and your experience is just as important as mine
0: yeah i mean it's it's interesting right because there you know i think the ch- the challenge is and we've talked about this as well like that absolute equalness mm-hmm. right if it's truly 50-50 who has that sort of like Veto power. I think we is, I, I don't know if like, I think maybe this is like a, um, I don't know if this is a man thing or like a masculine thing, um, because I don't think it's just men, but mm-hmm. oftentimes we, especially in business, we look at, at who's making the last decision, right? Like who's making the, the, who's got the, like final the veto call. power, even yeah. the final call. And I think that we take that mentality over into our relationship and it can be not you and I, mm-hmm. but oftentimes people take that over into the relationship. And I think that there's a lot of um, that mentality sort of in our culture, in our society right now, where it's like the man should have final say. Mm. And, it's, it's interesting because I actually felt that come up with myself where I was like, well, we're getting married and mm-hmm. traditional marriage says that hey, you take my name and that creates the family system. Mm-hmm. So as like an MFT, how are like, do you ever have a concern at, at some point, like if people aren't taking names, like that families can still have that cohesion there? Because I think my concern was like, well, how do our kids identify, right, within that space of the family system, because usually the family system is under one sort of umbrella of a name. Mm -hmm. And if that's not there, does that harm it in some way? Sure. I
1: I think a lot of it has to do with the story you tell about it. Mm. You know, if it was never set up in the first place like this, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know any different, right? So it becomes a structure that if your mindset and your narrative and your storytelling around it is empowering and rooted in something that's functional and grounded and healthy, then you are teaching the parts of the system that this is a healthy, functional, grounded way of operating if that's actually how you feel. And that's why you need people to be, uh, on the same team with it. Right yeah. because if there's if there is friction there or if there is resistance then the system will feel it. But if the system is aligned then the parts of the system that enter it will be aligned
0: too. So it's it's if I hear you correctly what you're saying mm-hmm. is it's more important for the couple to be aligned in the choosing mm-hmm. than the actual choice itself. Yeah,
1: because you know you would you would sit here and say, you know, if we have if we have children Right, like the way if they say, Well, why why are last names different? Right? Or how come our last names are Fair and that's so stupid?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. You would we The we, Fairtons. The
1: fair-tons. yeah, definitely not that. Mm. Um, you know, we would we would tell a story that is the extension of our experience to say, Well, mom and dad wanted to honor the identities and the names and obviously like appropriate language based on their ages. But right, the message is, um, is that right is like, this was an extension and an expression of how we honored each other in that space. And so you have both of our names or, you know, because you are both of us. I think it has a lot to do with how you frame it. Now, there is no shame around any decision to keep your name, cho- change your name, combine your name, you know, whatever it is that works for you is is beautiful. It's just a uh, have a conversation about it you know, pay attention to it, experience your feeling um, if there is feeling there. And it's not to say that everyone is going to have feeling around it. You might not, but I think it's not internalizing it, not stuffing it somewhere, not avoiding it, not distorting it, but actually being honest, which brings us back to, I think where we started before, where it's, how do you have these conversations? And I think my answer was pure honesty, you know, even if it is confronting, because it was hard for us and we got into, fights about it. And we were not smooth operators through some of those fights, you know, like it was not an easy thing, but I think that the, the tenacity and the commitment to being aligned and honoring each other fully was what saw us through that conversation.
0: And I think, I think like the respect and the honor is what you're saying it, uh, from my experience of going, cause that was, you know, this has been a huge transition. If, for us, but I would imagine for any couple going through the next phase of their relationship is a, it's a big transition. I think one of the things that really helped us retrospectively, like looking back on in hindsight was the amount of respect that we had in those conversations. Mm -hmm. Even when it got heated, it was just like, okay, Iris, I still respect you enough to know that what you're saying right now is really important to Mm -hmm. you. And how can I respect that knowledge, you know, knowing that, how can I act and hear you? And I think that's what allowed our conversations to, to really, um, go, go as well as they did, you know, even though there was a heated debate sometimes, um, shifting gears a little bit, what was one of your favorite parts of the wedding? Mm. What was one of your actually leading up to the wedding? What was one of your favorite parts?
1: I mean, it was so touching and moving that you drove my dad out. You know, I think it was, I was present to like just the love, you know, that you have for both me and my family. I don't know that many people who would do what you did. And so I think it was, you know, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most people listening, but my dad doesn't fly. And we were getting married 3,300 miles away. And Connor drove my dad across country. Uh, they spent five solid, strong days, days together. In the yeah. Days in the car. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was so, uh, so beautiful and so powerful for me, um, to just see your love for him in the way that you have it and, and the way that he has it for you. Um,
0: well, I just wanted to touch on that real quick if I can. Yeah. I think one of the things that allowed me to do that is I didn't feel this expectation from you that I had to do that. Sure. You know, I think on that respect note that I was talking about before, one of the things that I've observed helps really great couples work is when they both operate out of their, I don't want to say highest version because that Mm -hmm. sounds kind of spiritually fluffy, but they act out of their potential. You know, if they look at themselves and they say, who do I want to be as a husband, as a partner, Mm -hmm. as a man, as a wife, Mm -hmm. as a woman, how would I make a decision from that place right now in this moment? And you know, I think you've always given me the freedom to do that, which is great. And sometimes I don't get it right, for sure. (laughs) There's definitely times I don't get it right. But in that moment, you never said you have to do this, or I need him to be there. So you blah, blah, blah. You didn't put those expectations on me. So I think it allowed me the freedom. And because that's one of a man's highest values is we crave freedom. Mm -hmm. It allowed me the freedom to make my own decision unencumbered by your expectations or by your dad's expectations. And that was... Um, that was great all right so we are going to take a little pause there and this is going to be the end of part one Uh, don't forget to head on over to the man talks instagram profile and vienna's being a goof right now so that's why i'm kind of chuckling Uh, and don't forget to head on over to at man talks or at mindful mft Um, follow both of us if you if you'd like to but make sure that you sign up for the seven day relationship reset challenge and stay tuned for next week uh, because we are going to be diving into some even more serious uh, serious topics around relationships and love and sharing a little bit more about our road to getting married and the wedding and some of the Some of the personal stuff that we uh, had to deal with, I think that so many people have to deal with, um, but just give some insight and tips to navigate some of these conversations and conflict that can inevitably come up in relationships. So until next week, this is Connor Beaton in Vienna, signing off.